0: Happy Holidays, everyone, and welcome to the third annual Midtown Radio Holiday Broadcast. My name is Allison Dijack, and I'll be your host as we celebrate this year's theme of Home for the Holidays. Whether you are cozied up in your own home or visiting another's, isolating alone or surrounded by family, we're here to keep you company with all local Christmas content. The Midtown Radio Holiday Special starts now here at Midtown Radio our focus is on supporting and amplifying artists in the region once again programming director Matt Rappolt took on creating the Midtown Radio Holiday Song Project throughout the special you will hear 10 covers from local musicians that were recorded exclusively for this broadcast.
1: Hey, this is Clarissa Diocno. Here is a jazzy lo-fi version of Winter Wonderland. I chose this song because I love the mood and the image it creates in my mind of two people who are happy and in love, enjoying their time together outside in the snow. ¶¶
2: Sarah from the Shine Mama podcast. And one of my very favorite holiday traditions that I do with my kids is that we do an advent calendar with our Christmas books. So what I do every year is I wrap up our collection of Christmas books, and we've got quite a few of them now, over 24, and put them in a basket. And every single day, starting on December 1st, the kids get to unwrap one of the books. And honestly, it is like Christmas morning here every day. They get so, so excited about these books, even though they've seen them year after year. They actually get excited to figure out, oh, you know, their favorite ones and which one they're going to unwrap. And it is just so wonderful to see them so excited about books and reading. And then the big bonus for me is that after they open the book, we all sit around together on the couch and read the book together. So it's such a lovely tradition. And I hope that they get this excited about it for years to come.
0: A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of hearing from some local business owners in Kitchener, Waterloo about their favorite holiday memories. We also asked a few of them to share their favourite Christmas songs. You'll hear their answers throughout our special. Hi, I'm Kara from the
2: Apollo Cinema in downtown Kitchener. For my family, Christmas Eve has always been about keeping
3: traditions, so that's how we celebrate the holidays. I spent my childhood watching Alistair Sim's A Christmas Carol in brand new PJs, the only present allowed on Christmas Eve with my mom putting rags in my sister and I's hair to make them curled and unruly in the morning. The same tradition that my nana passed down to my mom as a young girl. As we all got older and moved away from home, we kept going with a Christmas carol and a phone call to quote the film at each other on Christmas Eve instead of all sitting together. This is, of course, just a lead-up to my favorite memory. When my nieces and nephews got older in the last few years and capable of sitting still, I carried this tradition down to them, sitting in front of the screen on Christmas Eve and rolling their hair into rags for the morning in brand new PJs. Thanks for listening, and happy holidays.
4: Hey Midtown Radio, this is Jacob from Sons of Shanley. The reason we picked Ron Sexsmith's Maybe This Christmas is because of the hopeful message of the song. We found that a lot of Christmas songs you hear on the radio and stuff like that are mostly about romantic love or just kind of consumerism, buying the perfect present, making it feel like Christmas. But we like that Ron Sexsmith was more talking about the hopefulness that you feel around Christmas time and heading into the new year and maybe how you can use that to connect with people you love and maybe repair some relationships and things of the like so we just like that it was a positive upbeat song uh, and we hope that comes across on our cover thanks <laughs> Maybe this Christmas will mean something more. Maybe this year, love will appear deeper than ever before. And maybe forgiveness will bring us to call someone we love. shine before we'll shine once more
5: i'm dave and i am tom and we are from the sound effect podcast
6: the single greatest musical podcast in the entire world wow and it's on sunday nights here on midtown radio lots of favorite songs to listen to over the holidays dave but the holidays for me are not the holidays until i hear judy garland's esther singing to margaret o'brien have yourself a merry little christmas that is that's that's my christmas song i gotta hear it every year not my only one but that's a big one
5: what movie is that from help me in st louis my meet me in st louis, me louis why is that tom
6: i love that scene in the movie i used to watch that movie with my with my mom growing up and loved that scene uh just before margaret o'brien brian goes and kills every snowman in the yard and and cries and screams because she doesn't want to go to new york city and leave her loved Beloved St. Louis. And also, Judy Garland just sounds like she is about to burst into tears through the entire song. And she's just holding it back for her little sister. It's beautiful. I'm tearing up right now. I love that song. Love that. And that's my Christmas. I got to hear that every year at Christmas.
7: Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be. You
5: get into. Christmas tunes really aren't my favorite thing. Um, But I will say, and of course this will be no surprise to you, I Believe in Father Christmas by Emerson Lincoln Paul.
8: said there'll be snow at christmas they said there'll be peace on earth but instead it just kept on raining a veil of tears for the virgin birth and i believed in father christmas and i looked to the sky with excited eyes that i woke with a yawn in the first light of dawn
6: the Of course, well, man, nothing says Christmas like Emerson, Lake and Palmer
5: Right, uh, it's everything you want in a big production Christmas song just start slowly you know there's uh your typical Christmas tunage, and then just ends in this big, bombastic way. And it just makes me think, yeah, this is Christmas. Christmas
8: weekend we visit.
9: Danielle DeVoe. I'm a producer with Midtown Radio, and I want to wish everyone out there a happy holidays.
10: What's going on? It's your boy Rufus John, and the song that I chose to record is Donnie Hathaway's This Christmas. I chose to record this song because for me it's definitely a holiday classic. I thoroughly enjoy listening to this song not only during Christmas, but any time of the year when I hear it, um, when it's in rotation, either in my car or in my home. Um, So I wanted to put my take on uh, a song that uh, thoroughly gives me joy during the holiday season. So I hope you guys enjoy. Happy Holidays Hang on the mistletoe I'm gonna get to know you better Christmas And as we trim the tree How much fun it's going to be together This Christmas Fireside is blazing
11: bright
10: Caroling through the night And this Christmas Will be A very special Christmas for me Shake a hand, shake a hand Presents and cards are here My world is filled with cheers and you This Christmas And as I look around Your eyes are shining down, the they do Christmas, fireside is blazing bright, caroling through the night. And this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me.
11: Happy holidays, y'all.
10: It's your boy.
0: (laughs) Wow. So many amazing Christmas songs so far. I honestly don't know how I'm going to pick my favorite. Well, with our theme of home for the holidays this year, we wanted to chat with someone who has helped to create a special home within KW. Matt Rappolt sat down with Jeff Wilmer, one of many from A Better Tent City, to chat about how the project has grown. Enjoy.
12: Welcome to Midtown Conversations. My name is Matt Rappolt, and thank you so much for joining us here today on Midtown Radio's holiday broadcast. What does the word home mean to one of the founders of a settlement For those experiencing homelessness. Today, we are happy to welcome Jeff Wilmer to our holiday broadcast. Jeff is one of the founders of A Better Tent City, which provides one-room cabins to people experiencing homelessness in Waterloo Region. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks for being with us here today. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. So for those who may not have heard of A Better Tent City before this broadcast, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the project and maybe paint a picture? Uh, What would someone experience if they were to visit a better tent city?
13: Yeah, so the the first impression that people get when they see a better tent city is is it's a cluster of tiny homes. Uh, We now have over 40 sleeping cabins, I guess is the way some people describe them. They're 8 foot by 10 foot cabins, and each one is a house for a person who used to be homeless and unsheltered. But our, our community provides a lot more than just a basic shelter. Um, it has really become community. The, the residents themselves, there's now 50 people living at a better tent city. They've become like a family to each other and, and with the volunteers as well. And uh, so, yeah, we were pleased to be able to provide them with, with basic services so that they've got you know to- toilets and, a, and a, garbage dis- a garbage place to put their garbage showers, laundry, kitchen, those type of facilities are all part of what makes it uh, a, a, an effective community.
12: And so I'm envisioning sort of, uh, you know, like you said, like a little community there with different, uh, different cabins. And it, it really does, like the way you paint a picture of it, it does really sound like a nice community uh, to be a part of. You and the late entrepreneur Ron Doyle founded A Better Tent City in spring of 2020. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the idea for this settlement came to be? Sure. Yeah. Ron Doyle
13: approached me with an idea a little over two years ago, so late 2019. Uh, He said, you know, when I look around the the downtown part of our community, I see people who are living rough. They're living in the streets. They're huddled in a doorway trying to stay out of the wind or rain, or they're in a back alley. Or I sometimes see them, uh, you know, in, in a park or at the side of the highway. Surely, we can do something for them. And he had an idea of using shipping containers and modifying them to make tiny homes. So we started kicking ideas around and um, eventually settled on the idea of of garden sheds um, and converting them uh, into tiny homes. So so Ron's inspiration was really the very beginning of it. But in those early days, we also met Nadine Green. and Nadine was running um, a convenience store in downtown Kitchener and after hours she would open up the store so that people uh, living unsheltered could come in and have a warm dry place to spend the night and so she essentially started a pop-up shelter and had about 20 people living in her store for for many many months and um, so i think nadine helped our inspiration to take shape because we started to meet the people and connect their the real faces and names to the reality of, of folks living rough um, so eventually ron made his property on Ardelt place available and uh, in the earliest days people were living in nylon tents indoors but pretty soon after that we had uh, started to do some modest fundraising and and bought our first dozen cabins and a better tent city started to take shape but the image of it really is those those uh, cabins all paint each one painted a different color and each one with you know with nice looking windows and doors on it and and the residents started to build front verandas and put hanging baskets out so it really did look like a, a welcoming community
12: that's beautiful so that property with on our place that people might know that property more commonly as lot 42 right that's right uh lot 42 was a, a another one of the many
13: brainchilds of of uh a Ron doyle uh, and as an event space in the first month of covid there were no events and so he thought i've got this empty space nobody's using it doesn't look like there's going to be events for a long time um and so why don't we just make it available so, so um yeah it was covid actually helped
12: launch this more quickly than we had been intending that's interesting that you bring up that idea that covid would sort of help speed the process up because i was just about to ask you it seems like you know, uh, this idea coming out in the spring of 2020, late 2019, what were some of the challenges for it? But can you maybe talk about the impacts, positive and, and negative of the pandemic on the project?
13: So, yeah, I think it was actually mostly positive in terms of the outcome. Certainly the process was challenging, but I think what happened was the traditional shelter system clearly was not going to work. You couldn't have six people bunking in a room or, you know, 50 or 60 people on on mats on a gym floor. That was not gonna work in, in COVID. And so everybody switched gears and looked for different ways to do things. And, and a number of different approaches were, were uh, implemented here in Waterloo Region. Um, the House of Friendship operated the, uh, a shelter in the Inn of Waterloo in hotel rooms. The Working Center operated and still operates um, uh, a new form of housing or shelter at a student dorm on university avenue so you know hundreds of people were accommodated in private or semi-private um, accommodation with services including uh, health care delivered right on site but it's we realized that it's not a one-size-fits-all and so there were still people left out that couldn't use those facilities or had been restricted from using them and so a better tent city tends to be a place where people can can settle in and be part of the community,
12: even if they're not able to use other forms of shelter. Yeah. And can you maybe talk a little bit about who is using a Better Tent City? What are the types of people who'd be coming into that community? Yeah, so, so the, there are 50 people at a Better Tent City, and they tend
13: to be people who either can't or won't use the shelter system. And there are a, a lot of different reasons for that. Quite often, it it relates to mental illness and/or drug addiction. Quite often, both, where their uh, their behavior, their conduct means that they're too disruptive to to uh, be uh, a welcome part of the shelter system. They're disruptive to the other occupants, and so they end up becoming restricted from using a shelter. Uh, So that's that's a quite a common reason. There are other people uh, who are are couples that don't want to be separated from each other. So if there's a men's shelter where women aren't able to go or women's shelter where men aren't able to go, uh, we were open to that. And, and uh, so quite a number of couples ended up at a better tent city. And there are people with pets that they can take their pet with them, but that's their you know their closest companion. Um, and so they really relied on that for emotional support and companionship. And so we had a few people with dogs. So so yeah, it's a, it's a diverse community. And people, there's different reasons why people benefited from or needed a different alternative like this, but, um, it's been a, it's been a great experience for
12: those of us as volunteers have been part of it and, uh, we are learning as we go. For sure. Now you mentioned that COVID was mostly maybe a positive for the creation of a better tent city, and it is nice to hear uh, the silver lining because you don't hear very many of those, uh, these days. Um, but I do want to talk about one of the challenges you have faced, which is the move that uh, a better tent city has done from Lot 42, I think now to, uh, is it a snow site on Battler Road? we we moved again since then. So we okay. are have had three different homes this calendar year alone.
13: So we, we started the year at Lot 42. Uh, the city of So we had to leave there by the end of June. The city of Kitchener stepped up in a big way and made available its snow dump site for the summer months. Uh, we knew from the beginning it was going to be an interim property, but we were able to move there in June and stay through to the end of October. Um, but as a snow dump, it's needed in the winter months. And so we had to move again by the end of October. Um, and the property we're on now is back on Ardelt. We're now on Ardelt Avenue. Um, and it's a piece of property, so essentially a, a, a grassy area, a lawn that part of it is owned by the city of Kitchener and part of it is owned by the the public school board as part of their administrative offices, so um, we we started moving there at the end of October, the residents moved in the same day that, that we left the battler road snow dump site. Um, but it has been a bit of a work in progress to get. Um, first, the first priority was uh, was temporary electricity, so that the heaters the, the radiators would work at night, so we have a generator. Um, the second priority was to get a permanent electrical supply so we didn't need to rent the generator anymore that's now done. And we're well on the way now to having the water and sanitary sewer services hooked up um, so that we can get proper washroom facilities and right now we're
12: relying on portable toilets. Okay, well i'm happy to hear that you found another home and that uh, you know people these pieces of property are sort of being made available for for a better 10 city but i'm thinking like. You know i've moved a number of times and most people find moves like that moving a home to be a really very challenging experience you're moving into a different space and i imagine moving a better tent city for the people who are part of that community it would be a similar experience Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about the struggles with the move and also why is it hard to find a permanent location for a better tent city yeah
13: so so first of all regarding the struggles i think what we found was in the anticipation of the first move there was some uh trepidation and uneasiness on, on the part of the residents they these are people who had finally become settled after living a life of isolation and and perpetually trespassing and hoping you don't get caught and so w- what they had at a better tent city was some stability and the threat of losing that really was worrisome to the residents once we settled at battler road though um they th- they settled in and and they and we all started to appreciate that the community of people was the most important element. It wasn't so much the location or even the tiny homes or the facilities. It was those 50 people staying together as a community. And so in the lead up to the October move, they were not worried at all because they knew that we would land somewhere and that that, that they would have each other as as their community of support. So it was was quite noticeable, the difference uh, among the residents. But your your other question, Matt, was about, you know, how difficult is it to find a property and why is it we need to keep moving? Um, It is challenging. I I know from the earliest days when we talked about this as a concept, lots of people liked the concept, but the question came up, where are you gonna put this? Where is it gonna be an appropriate site compatible with its neighbors and with adequate to good services, adequate access to services? And, And so we, uh we have struggled with that but we have found that being in an industrial area seems to work for the residents and for the community not having any any immediate residential neighbors seems to be a positive and finding a landlord in in this case the city of kitchener and the school board that's willing to make their land available is a is a an important
12: factor and, and not easily found either great And Jeff, I have two more questions for you. Um, The theme for our holiday special here uh, this year is home for the holidays. And so I want to ask you, um, what does it mean for the residents to have a home with a lock and a door? You know, what does that mean for them to uh, be able to have that home?
13: It means quite a bit to have a lock and a door. And, you know, that was our, our original idea is that they would have a safe place to sleep, a safe place to store their belongings, a house of their very own. And so they really appreciate that. But we've now realized that it is so much more than that. It's the family and the community that those 50 people now are of support for each other and the way they gather in the shared spaces, particularly the the kitchen and the dining areas that they, you know, over preparing meals together along with the volunteers or, or, or eating together, that's really where those personal connections are made. And, uh, and so that's, that's really what's making this a home is, is the sense of community that you get. Uh, Not from having your own little house, but from those places where you interact with others, because people that have been living homeless quite often are isolated from everybody else and nobody even wants to make eye contact with them. But here they have regular contact with each other and with volunteers and they realize that the volunteers choose to be there and that they genuinely care about them. And so that I think really gives a lift to the residents.
12: That's great. And you know, we're so lucky to, uh, to have such a great community here in Waterloo Region. And we're thrilled to hear a little bit more about your community, uh, the better a better tent city, uh, and another wonderful great community that we have here in our region, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. And my last question to you is, how can our Midtown radio listeners, how can members of the community support a better tent city? What can we do to help out with the project?
13: That's a that's a always that that question is always welcome, Matt. Thank you very much. Um, so there are some things that we always need, and I think the, the top of the list are uh, juice boxes, uh, bottled water, and blankets. Um, those things are are always always very much in need. Um, financial donations are are welcome as well, and we do offer tax receipts, charitable donation tax receipts um and so i can i can leave you a link if if that's helpful to to direct people to that um we we've really benefited from a generous community and people like the idea that this is a grassroots initiative and so um community donations have been helpful but as you can imagine um moving has has caused us to incur some more expenses and so uh, uh we, we would we would certainly appreciate if people can can find it in
12: their hearts to to make a financial donation as well For sure, and uh, for those people who are listening, we will make sure to add that link that Jeff just mentioned on our website, midtownradio.ca. Jeff, thank you so much for joining the program today. We look forward to having you on again to chat more about A Better ten City. Happy holidays, seasons, greetings, enjoy the winter, and give our best at Midtown Radio to all of those in your community at A Better ten City.
14: This is Lynn Jackson, And this next song is my brand new song, Christmas in the Dark. It's a digital single available on my Bandcamp page. The proceeds are going to St. John's Kitchen in Kitchener for their work with the homeless. I wrote this song last Christmas Eve thinking of all of the people out there who are isolated and struggling. So please check out the Bandcamp page and donate. Thank you very much. Well, it's Christmas In the same old room In the same old house With the same old view Does it feel lonely With the Christmas lights Across the street In the middle of the night sat in the telephone Nobody's calling, how are you feeling, I know you're there all alone, if you could reach out, you don't know what you're missing, call up to nothing, somebody to listen, you don't
11: know
14: The same old house with the same old view. Does it feel lonely with the Christmas lights across the street in the middle of the night?
15: Hi everyone, this is DJ Good Doctor, host of Music for the Masses Retro Stream here on Midtown Radio. I just wanted to take a few minutes and wish you all out there a very safe and very happy holiday season and share with you my top five favorite Christmas songs. So here they are Number five One Christmas Catalog by Captain Sensible. Number four Peace on Earth The Little Drummer Boy by David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Number three It's Always Christmas Time by Al Jorgensen. Number two, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight by the Ramones. And my number one favorite Christmas song is this one here. Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everyone.
16: As we drink eggnog, the rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Daryl. Like each and every year we bust Christmas 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 Carols.
13: Joseph, and this is my very degenerate cover of Justin Bieber's classic Christmas song, Mistletoe.
15: Hey, this is Rob Hearn from Short Finger Brewing Company. My favorite Christmas memories are pretty much all linked in with uh, food and kind of tradition with my family. So on Christmas Eve, my nana would make us uh, tourtiere, French Canadian meat pie. Uh, my dad and my nana lived in Montreal; tradition they brought from from there, and uh, yeah, I was just loved. Tortiere, so I still make it now um, for Christmas Eve and then on Christmas morning my dad would make us uh, souffle and meal bacon and all of the like glasses would be like dipped in f- icing sugar and we'd have grapefruit juice and these fancy crystal glasses with the icing sugar rims and just like all these little little food kind of memory traditions um that I always loved as a kid and still do um as for music I don't like a lot of Christmas music I I think my favorite Christmas song is probably Merry Christmas I don't want to fight tonight by the Ramones and I mean it's barely a Christmas song so <laughs> yeah
0: okay that is two votes for the Ramones so far Anyone else out there a fan? Let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Midtown Radio KW. Let's now hear from Jennifer, owner of Devitt House in Midtown.
3: My favorite Christmas memory would be from many years of coming in from school on a snowy day and bursting through the front door to the smell of my mom's famous shortbread, which I now of course make. And the sounds of Barbara Streisand singing "Jingle Bells."
17: Hey, Midtown Radio listeners, it's the McQueens. Hey,
18: hey! So we decided to record "Malakaliki Maka" for this year's Christmas collection because
17: because wouldn't we all rather be somewhere nice and warm like Hawaii? I mean, white Christmases are great and all, but haven't we had so many of those already?
19: So, "Malakaliki Maka," Merry Christmas from the McQueens.
17: Happy holidays. Malakalikimaka is the thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here yeah, we know that Christmas will be green and bright the Sun will shine by day and all the stars at night Christmas will be green and bright, the sun shine by day and all the stars at night. Malakalikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Maka is wise way to, to say, say Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you maka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas Day That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be shine by day and all the stars at night. Maka is Hawaii's way to say Merry Christmas, a very Merry Christmas, a very, very,
20: very, very Merry Christmas to you. Hello and welcome to Midtown Bookshelf. I'm Serena McDermott, and this is our Midtown Radio Holiday Special. I'm joined today by Allison Dijak. Hello. And Matt Rappelt.
12: Happy holidays.
20: Happy holidays to you both.
12: So while Midtown Bookshelf is not currently creating new episodes, we are happy to be back here and sharing a new story with you today. And also, you can catch reruns of Midtown Bookshelf every Saturday at 10 a.m., on midtownradio.ca
20: that's right we are happy to be uh together again for this holiday special and this year our theme is home for the holidays so we've chosen a great book to go with that but before we get into our book i wanted to ask you both if you have any special holiday traditions
0: that you celebrate at home um for me probably one of my favorite traditions is baking cookies with my mom um Growing up, we always would have like a great weekend where we would bake all these Christmas cookies. We would try different new recipes. Some worked out well, others were trickier. (laughs) And uh, even now as an adult, I make sure that I find a, a day that I can go to my mom's house and we'll put on our Christmas music and have a glass of wine together now. And uh, try all of our favorite classic cookie recipes. So that for me is is Christmas vacation when I can bake with my mom.
12: But the question is, Allison, do you prefer the shortbread cookie or the gingerbread cookie?
0: <laughs> um, you know what? Oh, when I was younger, we would always do gingerbread, and I loved decorating them. Like de- cookie decorating is one of one of the things that I definitely love to do. Um, Nowadays, though, I might say shortbread, I would say. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's a really, really hard question. <laughs> I'm going to defer to Serena.
20: <laughs> I am firmly in the gingerbread camp. I'm sorry. Shortbread just doesn't do it for me. Unless it's like, are we talking chocolate shortbread? Okay, then then maybe. But on its own, too plain, I think. I'm,
12: I'm going to say that is uh, all three of us then for gingerbread. Uh, because for me, gingerbread definitely takes the cake. Um, I love the fact that you can build with it, and also it just looks so darn cute when it's just cut out into these little shapes. So I guess shortbread, you could make shapes out of it too, right? But not the same as gingerbread.
0: So, Matt, what's your holiday tradition at home? What makes it home for the holidays for you?
12: Um, I would say that um, it's not really like anything that you do. It's sort of just the feeling that you get on Christmas Eve. I don't know. There's something magical about Christmas Eve I've always found. Um, I guess what we do on Christmas Eve with my family is we usually go to our Christmas Eve church service. And sometimes we're out visiting our extended family. And there's something about coming back home after you know the late night church service and lighting all the candles and having the tree lit up and you see all the presents under the tree. Um, and that just makes it feel really special. So we always like to have you know, a glass of tea, you know, a mug of tea or like a glass of hot chocolate. Um, and uh, just really enjoy each other's company and just the time together. So I don't know, just like something about Christmas Eve makes it really special. What about you, Serena?
20: Oh, you paint a lovely picture. Um, I guess for us, a a sort of like emerging tradition is now um, watching the Yuletide Spectacular put on by the KW Symphony. I think we're going on four years now. The most recent one, was excellent as have all of the others been so that is a has been a real highlight the music the dancing the singing it really gets you in that christmas mood
12: well that's great and if our listeners have any sort of holiday traditions that they would like to share feel free to tweet us at midtown bookshelf that's bookshelf with no e and allison would you like to introduce the story that we have for our listeners this fine holiday evening slash afternoon
0: <laughs> yeah definitely So when I was looking for a nice story for this special, I came across this beautiful book called My Winter City. And immediately when I opened the book and looked at the illustrations, it just transported me to walking through the streets of downtown Kitchener or maybe going through Victoria Park or Waterloo Park and just taking in all of the sights of a city that's covered with snow filled with people bustling and getting to their places i just thought it was the perfect one for for midtown radio and the kw community it's created by a wonderful author and illustrator team both based out of toronto and we're so excited to share it with you today
20: this is my winter city written by james gladstone and illustrated by Gary Clement. The book opens on a snowy streetscape where we see a man and a dog walking, leaving footprints in the snow. My winter city holds early light around us, a moment before
0: sunrise, silent, still. It holds warmth a little closer to our skin and our bellies and time a little slower, tying laces, Pulling mittens.
12: Trudging, huffing creatures move at the sluggish speed of snow. And now we see the man and a child and the dog out walking with a toboggan on the street, bustling full of people.
20: On the next page, a city bus passes a crowd. My winter city is a soup of salty slashes full of sliding buses splashing spraying splashing soaking walkers on the
0: sidewalk inside the bus water runs fast down the aisle past wet boots and toboggans windows gone all steamy riders carried on their way
12: we now see the child speeding down a snow-covered toboggan hill My winter city is a deep freeze vision of big icy sled hills and towers that rise up through faraway skies.
20: Of small puffs of breath from my mouth as I'm breathing and little crinkly ice crystals frost in dad's beard.
0: The child and the man and the dog walk past a large outdoor greenhouse in the middle of their city. The picture is different through the windows of the glass house, like a warm, rainy summer in a country far away.
12: My winter city is a wilderness of footprints. crisscrossing, disappearing. Who walked here before?
20: It's an icicle factory. That's my winter city. All sizes, all pointing straight down to the ground where we take our rest on light powder pillows as heavy thunderplow beasts scrape and
0: clunk. My winter city is an afternoon journey, past sidewalk singers in shivery shadows, past winter workers with hot steaming chocolate, past rows of locked bicycles, buried and waiting.
12: And now we see the child and the dog being pulled back home by the man. Back where we came from, backwards sledding. Jump up, hang up, warm up, done. The man and the
20: child are back home in the bedroom with the snowy cityscape pictured through the window. My winter city holds us together in a dream
0: before sleeping. Under sheets, under covers, a blanket of snow.
12: And now we can see the cityscape, all lit up in lights and snow. That's my winter city. What's What's yours?
20: That was My Winter City, written by James Gladstone and illustrated by Gary Clement. Thank you for joining us for this special Midtown Bookshelf reunion episode. Happy holidays. And until next time, don't forget to
0: keep
11: keep reading.
0: reading.
6: Hello listeners of Midtown Radio, this is Sammy Duke and I have decided to record a rendition of Gordon Lightfoot's song for Winter's Night. This is a song that's all about connectivity during the holiday season. And of course, due to the ongoing COVID-19 crisis, obviously many of us have been feeling extremely disconnected from family members, from our community, from our friends. So I wanted to perform a song that is all about the positivity the season can bring about. I hope you enjoy this rendition. I performed every instrument on this track, all live off the floor. Thank you very much. Have a Merry Christmas.
21: Happy New Year. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. The lamp is burning low upon my tabletop. The snow is softly falling. The air is still within the silence of my room. I hear your voice softly calling. If I could only I would be happy just to hold her hand. on this, which is not worth you. The smoke is rising in the shadows overhead my glasses are almost empty. I read again between the lines upon the page. The world's of love that you said me. If I can know within my heart that you were me too, I would be happy just to hold the hands up upon the switches and I Across my windowpane Webs of snow are drifting If I could only have you To breathe a sound to Would be happy just to hold your hands I love and To be once again with you and To be once again with you
20: Holidays from the dog-friendly KW crew. We hope you and your pup have a safe and happy holiday season with lots of treatos and cookies and snuggles and time in the snow. Happy holidays!
0: Woof woof. This is Carla Muller at Baby Charlotte in Kitchener, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. I was asked to share a favorite Christmas memory, and I couldn't pick just one. Every Christmas Eve with my sisters at Mom and Dad's, we'd settle in for the night together, singing Christmas carols, eating way too much, and waiting for Santa to come. And later, Mom and Dad dancing in the kitchen to Elvis Presley on the radio. I wish you all such happy memories this holiday season,
14: for now and always.
18: Hi, it's J.P. Sunga here. One of my favorite holiday songs is Silver Bells. I have clear memories of my mom singing this song all the time. So this one time at the piano, I was trying to figure out how to play a few different Christmas songs, and Silver Bells came to mind. I started thinking about how it would sound if I gave it a different treatment, something that was more along the lines of Motown, something jazzy, almost like a phil Spector, wall of sound type of treatment i heard it in my head and i flipped the time signature to three four and started really messing around with the with the chords and even changing the melody just slightly and i came up with something that i absolutely fell in love with and i've always wanted to record it i thought why not give it a shot now so here's my early rough take of my vision of silver bells we
8: above.
0: walked by the Midtown Radio office in 44 Gawkel lately, you might have noticed a new addition to make things feel a little more homey. For the last month, local artist Monique Chiam was working hard on painting the perfect KW scene on our walls. Danielle DeVoe got a chance to learn more about
9: her and the project. Let's hear about it now. This is Danielle DeVo and I am here with visual artist Monique Chiam. Uh, Monique, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So Monique, we were so lucky to have as a muralist for Midtown Radio uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the beautiful mural that Monique worked on in our space and and sort of how that came about. But before we begin, uh, Monique, can you maybe just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell me a little bit about your art, what it looks like, how you became an artist?
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm an illustrator from uh, Cambridge, Ontario, and I have been doing art basically like all my life. I've always been that person that's like doodling in class and classmates are always asking me, like, can you do the can you draw the block letters for me and all that stuff? So um, but I never really took it very seriously until uh, more recently. So, and I think really what uh, sparked it was actually being part of the Urban Sketchers group in Waterloo Region. Um, I kind of stumbled upon them online and went out to their, uh, their meetings, and from there it was just, uh, it just kind of brought me back into uh, art again somehow. And so I started pursuing more of my illustration. so I guess my... The way you can describe my art is probably that it is uh, cute, fun, and whimsical. And it's funny because I actually used to hate it when people would describe my work as being really cutesy because I I was trying to, I was actually trying to, like, I spent a long time actually trying to get away from that, Um, even though I was very very much influenced by, like, children's TV shows and um, animation and all that stuff. Um, but then I found myself like complaining that I didn't, I couldn't find my style. But really, my style was kind of all there all along, and I just, I'm only just now, um, kind of embracing it.
9: Great, and it's you know the we found you through uh, Sketchers group as well, the KW Sketchers group, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that community.
3: Yeah, so Urban Sketchers is a is a really cool group. It's actually a um, like a global organization. So there are actually chapters all throughout the world, no matter pretty much anywhere in the world that you go, you can you can probably find an urban sketchers group in a local city. Um, so basically urban sketchers are people who will go out on location uh, together as a group and basically paint and sketch a- on site. And then afterwards the, uh, they will um, come together at the end and share their paintings with each other. So it's very much a, a community and a very positive and encouraging group where, you know, you get to see what other people, how other people paint and draw and kind of share tips and, you know, art tools and stuff. Um, but yeah, basically the idea is uh, painting on site, on location, and you, like uh, observing what you see around you and appreciating your local city.
9: Yeah, and the thing I like about it so much is that everyone can do their own unique style. So, um it's it's not just that you're having to do this this very strict realist or you know, or even impressionist sort of perspective. Although your your cityscapes and what appealed to the the sort of Midtown Radio Informal Committee that looked at different artists when they were deciding on a muralist, um you know, there was this really beautiful watercolor way that you had done your sketches. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about your technique of, of drawing a city and what is it that you are trying to capture when you are looking at a cityscape? So
3: I, I actually, a lot of times I have to fight with myself when I'm painting because if I don't like consciously do it, then I will tend to get really stuck into the details. So, if, if, especially if I use like a really fine pencil or something and start on the corner of a building, then I could be there looking at every single thing and trying to draw every, every bits and bit and piece of it. Um, and I kind of started off like that, but um, I realized uh, it's not always about just, um, you know, trying to replicate exactly what you see. And it's more about the mood and how you're feeling in that moment and capturing sort of like a feeling as opposed to really. Um, capturing you know accurately what you're seeing there um it's so urban sketching is really fun to do because it's not like sitting at home when you have a photograph to look at and it's not moving so when you're on site things change very fast like the lighting can change Um, clouds might go in front of the sun cars might move out of the way that you had just sketched or just started to sketch so it's it's very much like a a test to try and, you know, see what you can get down in a short amount of time and just kind of working with whatever happens on the fly. So that's what makes it kind of exciting sometimes.
9: Yeah. And so your mural in 44 Gockel in the Midtown Radio Studio, it's visible from Gawkel, uh through the window. It's a great big 14 feet by eight foot uh, mural. Um, And it was made possible with a project grant from the City of Waterloo as part of their Community Cash Grants Program. And Midtown Radio also receives funding from the City of Kitchener and from the Kitchener-Waterloo Community Foundation. And we've used those funds to be able to support paying artists such as yourself. And your uh, mural in particular is kind of a city mashup. It's an imagined cityscape and if people come by and take a look at it peeking through the window or come to our studio to uh, pay us a visit they will see that it is not exactly an accurate representation of um, Kitchener nor Waterloo. And so um, I wonder if you could talk about the buildings that you included in your sort of city mashup, how you decide on the buildings and and what it was like kind of being able to imagine an, an ideal cityscape that doesn't really exist.
3: Yeah, so yeah, that was it was actually really fun to try to come up with something that wasn't, Uh, that didn't exist so I know like with when I was discussing with you guys uh, on what the vision would be you had mentioned that you wanted something that would kind of really indicate that it's you know Kitchener or the Waterloo Region to show that it really is you know that this area Um, when we went in that direction of trying to look for looking for buildings and I tried to incorporate um, the Walper Hotel which was one that you had mentioned um, especially since we, we had said that in the past that they had a radio station, I think inside, inside the building. So it would be kind of cool to tie that in with Midtown. And that's why we added the radio tower at the top of, uh, the Walper hotel. Um, and then I just kind of thought about what other, um, kind of landmark buildings I could think of when I, when I think of like downtown Kitchener. So one of the main ones was the clock tower at the market square. I thought that one is something that really stands out. Like for me, when I see that, I know that I'm I'm in downtown Kitchener. Um, and the other one is Kitchener Market. That one is pretty prominent as well. You get the, especially the front entrance. And um, I also tried to also include a couple things that were from uh, uptown Waterloo. So um, I decided on including the atrium and the Oktoberfest gazebo. I think that's what they would call it. And it's funny cause I, for the atrium, I kind of decided that to include that before we found out that it was going to be um, demolished. So it's, it's kind of been, you know, now it's kind of immortalized in this, in this mural and people maybe will wonder, oh, what what is that when it disappears? So, uh, and then the last one was, I tried to give a bit of a nod to the Belmont Village with the tables that I had kind of in the foreground with the um, umbrellas. Because I really like that uh, that vibe of Belmont Village, especially in the summer, where they have all the patios open and the tables for people to sit outside. So that's why I try to include that as well. Yeah.
9: Yeah, and one of the things that we've been talking a, a lot about um, at the end of the year at Midtown Radio is home and what it what it means to have a home there's a lot of um, frustrations around people not being able to find homes in the region but also you know that this time of year is a time when people think more about being home Um, and so what do you think about as an artist in terms of and and urban sketching you know you're sketching places that are lived in and you know you mentioned the people do you always put people in 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 your sketches you always put cars do do, do you do you kind of make people live in your urban sketches
3: yeah I do try to because I I had found um especially in the beginning when I was first starting out and just learning to try to capture um buildings and scenery um I wouldn't actually include people because it was the last thing I would think of, and also they're usually moving, so you can't really um, get anyone to stand still while you kind of take them down, right? So um, yeah, but then uh, over time, once I, after I did a few sketches, I noticed that when you, when you look at a sketch that has the buildings and the, the roads, um, but no people, it almost seems like it's not alive. So it just felt like something was was missing. So um, now when I do sketch uh, a scene, I will try to include some people, but a lot of times they usually have to end up being a mashup of a few people that I see that are walking by, because you kind of have to do it almost from memory, because you see them once, you kind of capture maybe the hat off of some, one person and maybe the shirt off another and <laughs> something that someone else is carrying and then put them together into one person. So yeah.
9: Great. And so um, 2021 went by as a complete blur. What, uh, assuming that at some point 2022 goes back to normal, what, what do you have planned for 2022, for the new year?
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine that we're ever going to get out of this, right? <laughs> but um, I mean, the one thing I really miss is every before this, every year during New Year's, I would get together with my friends and we play board games. And just that hands-on feel, being together and like playing, sitting around a table, that's really something that I would look forward to doing again, hopefully. Also with um, Urban Sketchers, because it's a it's a global sort of phenomenon, there actually is a international symposium every year that has been canceled for the last couple couple years now. So maybe in the next, next year, if everything goes well, then they might announce a uh, some that it might be somewhere uh you know abroad and maybe I could go and tend, attend that because I actually haven't attended a, a single one yet so that would be something I would really look forward to
9: yeah well hopefully because that would be great and it would be nice to be able to go someplace in a new city and sketch new places
3: exactly yeah
9: um well thank you so much for chatting with me if our listeners want to hear more about you or see more of your artwork where can they find you
3: yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Monique Cham. So my last name is spelled C H I A M. And I also have a website which is my first and last name.com. So moniquecham.com. And And uh, I also have a, a threadless shop that's also by my name. So dot com.
9: Great. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Thank you. That is my conversation with Monique Cham. And for Midtown Radio, I am Danielle DeVoe. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midtown Radio KW, And of course, uh, at our website, MidtownRadio.ca.
12: Whether you're an elf, a family man, a Jack Frost or a Muppet, a Krampus, a Gremlin or a Grinch, regardless of whether you're home alone or away on Christmas vacation. Riding the Polar Express, singing a Christmas carol, or just waiting for a miracle on 34th Street. We here at Mid-Credit Scene are wishing you a white Christmas and a wonderful life as you deck the halls and jingle all the way. Oh, and try not to die hard.
4: Folks, last night I took a stroll down Hollywood Boulevard and you know, strange things are happening there. Store windows have been turned into glittering fairylands, street corners are sprouting lighted trees, and everyone seems to be wearing a very special kind of a glow. So I said to myself, Dino, you know something? It's beginning to look like Christmas.
19: It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, take a look at the five and ten. Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like
11: Christmas
19: Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own Front door A pair of hop-along and a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben They wanna be tough like their older brother, but one day that game won't be pretend He said put down your gun, join in the fun, we can play in the snow with your friends It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that will make them ring Is the carol that you sing right within your heart Dolls that will talk and will go for a walk is the wish of Janice and Jen But they're dreaming of more than just changing and feeding so parents go ask them again yeah, this is the season when kids get to have it all free of imagination. Yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start. And the thing that will make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your
11: heart.
20: Hey, everyone. Jessie here from Upmarket. My favorite song to listen to over the holidays is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. Yeah, that's my jam. Anyways, happy Christmas, y'all. Stay safe.
3: My name's Avalon Bridger, and I'm the lead singer of Vintage Flight. I started out listening to All I Want for Christmas is You as a joke, and then it didn't take long for it to become a guilty pleasure of mine. When I first suggested it to the guys in the band, they laughed, and I told them to trust me, and I'm so glad they did. Here is a cover of All I Want for Christmas is You by Vintage Flight.
22: this is Tyson James from Cafe Pyrus and Cafe Pyrus Outpost. So we were asked to give a traditional story about Christmas and for our family that's always meant travel. Uh, However obviously the last year everything's been uh, completely changed. We weren't able to go anywhere but what we did instead was really gave back to the community. Acadia, my daughter, who you may know as a barista from the Outpost, We came in on Christmas Day, we decided to give away free drinks, coffee, baked goods, everything that was there, uh, with the idea that we could hang out and really help out the community. In turn, our customers came out, people were on the trail, and uh, although they didn't pay for it, they helped us raise over $1,700 for uh, the working center in St. John's Kitchen, places that really help our community, and we're really excited that we started that tradition again.
0: And with that beautiful story from Tyson, our holiday special is slowly coming to a close. Thank you for tuning in and sharing your day with us as we celebrated being home for the holidays. It's time now to send a huge thank you to all of the amazing local musicians that contributed music to this broadcast, our local business owners for sharing their stories, and all of the folks from the Midtown Radio family that shared holiday greetings and special segments with us. A special thank you also goes out to the Kitchener-Waterloo Community Foundation for their help in letting us support local music and artists directly. From all of us here at Midtown Radio, I'm Alison Dijak, wishing you a safe and happy holidays.